Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hiya, Dan. Yeah, all good over here. Um, After a midweek fixture list that perhaps took a big step towards clearing up the top of the table for us, uh, the winner and, and maybe the top four race, but I think it gave us even more to think about when you look at the bottom of the table um, Nottingham Forest finding a win, which we predicted. You know, Everton looking worse with each week. Leeds and Leicester sharing the points, which isn't really good for either of them. Um, just really excited to sort of watch the twists and turns that are coming at the bottom. I think we're going to be in for a really, really great sort of end to the season at the bottom of the table if if the top sort of goes as, as expected and sort of peters out into a uh, simple contest about where everyone's going to finish. Yeah, there's plenty of six-pointers in the last six weeks of the season, and it's going to be a fascinating weekend as well. But of course, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, how have you been since we spoke earlier in the week? Yeah, a little bit better, obviously, after that 6-1 thrashing on the weekend. It wasn't kind of the the best situation for for a Spurs fan. Um, But, you know, this this midweek, it's been a little bit more positive. Um, Obviously, seeing Manchester City win um, was, was obviously quite nice being a Spurs fan. Um, but look, I, th- I think they'll probably go on and, and win the title now. So that that was interesting to see. And, and just the way, the way they kind of took Arsenal apart. Um, obviously, from an actual Spurs perspective, um, you know, it was, it was quite nice to obviously see a bit of fight from, from the team from once. And um, obviously, Ryan Mason coming in, um, I think he did a good job there in terms of having seen his side lose 6-1 on the weekend and, and go and, and produce a performance like that. Obviously, it was never going to be ideal to go 2-0 down. It's always going to be very difficult facing that Man United side as well. So, you know, in the circumstances, I was very pleased with the performance, pretty pleased with the result overall. I think, you know, even could have argued the case that Spurs could have actually won that match. You saw some of the chances we had, Dyer missing that header from a few yards out, Sonny also missing another big chance as well. So, yeah, it was obviously positive performance from Spurs. Um, and yeah, obviously an interesting week of Premier League football and uh, more to come on the weekend. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely. Okay, that's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's quickly mop up events at the Etihad. Craig, you called the 4-1 home win absolutely spot on, so take a bow please. Now, odds are 1-14 to 14 for Man City to keep hold of the Premier League title. Is it a foregone conclusion now? Thanks, Dan. Yeah, 22-1 uh, shot flying in. And to do my bit for, for like marketing purposes and for the people who are listening to this podcast, there is an even bigger correct score bet coming up later in the show. So don't switch off. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Manchester City. Um, the, the title for me is now completely over. What we're seeing is we're seeing City sort of steamrolling teams really in the form that we've seen from in in the past and and when they're in this form I think it's too much to ask anyone to sort of hang around with them for a full season I think they're just too good um Arsenal you know they've been flirting with it but they've not really kept going at the business end and and yeah they, they were beaten comfortably by City um on Wednesday night but prior to that They've not been able to handle the pressure of, of being in that battle with Manchester City. You know, they picked up three draws in a row. 
We can all say that they, they show very little on Wednesday, but in the build-up to Wednesday, they also threw the title away. So the one thing I would say, though, if, if I'm an Arsenal fan, it hurts at the moment, but when I've had time to sort of digest things and look back, I'll be absolutely thrilled with, with how this season's gone for Arsenal. They've had a chance to, to win the league. They have come close. They've been in a position where they could win the league. Um, but assuming they do finish second, you know, Champions League football's back for Arsenal. That was their aim for the season. They've got a great platform to build on, in my opinion. If you compare what Arsenal have got at the minute to build on, compare that to Manchester United, Spurs, Liverpool, definitely Chelsea... Um, Arsenal are in a great place moving forward. You know, they, they should. It will hurt at the moment, and they won't feel like this at the moment. But when things have sort of settled down in the summer, Arsenal should be really proud, sort of proud of what they've done. And But sort of going back to Manchester City, when Manchester City are in the form that they're in at the minute, there isn't a team in the Premier League who can stick with them for, for the full season. They're too good. And, and that's sort of down to the two or three individual quality players they've got that are better than everyone else. De Bruyne and Haaland sort of sticking out massively for that. But also the depth that they've got, you know, the, the players that they bring up off the bench, something that Arsenal can only sort of dream to be in the next few years. And, and that's the kind of level you've got to be at. Arsenal have seen what level they need to be at. It's now just a case of getting the job done. But they've got a platform where they've got a chance, more so than you would say other clubs. Now, Jamie, we mustn't forget that Arsenal are still top of the Premier League as we record. But the manner of that defeat, I mean, it was 4-1. If it weren't for Ramsdale, it could have honestly been 7-8 quite easily. So the manner yeah. of that defeat, is it going to be a case of confidence rock now? Can Mikel Arteta pick up his men? Or are you going to see points dropped in sort of other fixtures between now and the final day? Yeah, look, I think the title felt like it was already starting to go a little bit. I think those three kind of results where they were without a win, obviously dropping points against Liverpool, West Ham and then Southampton, that kind of felt that that run of games. It all felt like that. That's where the title was starting to really slip for them. So I don't think this game was was a massive influence on that title. I think deep down, kind of everyone expected the game to go as it did. Obviously, Craig expect, uh, expecting it to go exactly how it did with with that four one prediction. Um, but yeah, I think it was just the manner of, of the way they kind of threw away two goal leads. Obviously, at Southampton, you know they had to fight back just to earn a point against a side who are bottom, a side who have just lost at home 1-0 to Bournemouth as well. So real kind of signs of nervousness from Arsenal. And, and mentally, they just didn't look particularly strong enough. And as I said, we all kind of expected them to go to the Etihad deep down. And uh, we kind of expected this, this sort of result. Um, so for me, I felt like those the three games prior to the City game really kind of showed that, you know, there was this, this difference between City and, um, and Arsenal in terms of that mentality. So, yes, I think obviously it was a big defeat to lose here and, and it looks like Man City firmly in control now. But uh, I'm not sure this was exactly where the title had gone for them. I think it was in those three games prior, as I said. So it's a bit it's a big defeat, but uh, I, th I think they kind of really showed signs that it was going. So, um yeah, I, I, for me, I think City will kind of go on and win now. Obviously, I think the gap's down to two points. They've got two games in hands. They're a team who are just kind of fantastic at the moment in terms of, you know, the the Premier League's kind of their bread and butter. They know how to win these games. They know how to kind of put a run together. And, um, you know, you look at the fixtures, there maybe are some tricky games for Man City, but, you know, they go to way to like some uh, Brighton, obviously have to play Brentford. But we just know Man City, they make these games so straightforward. And, uh, you know, I think they've been on this great run and I think they'll continue it. And uh, I think they'll go on to win the title.
Right, let's look at matters on the field now. As Saturday throws up a London derby between Crystal Palace and West Ham. The Eagles were eaten by the Wolves in midweek. Craig, would you back them to bounce back odds of 13-8? to eight? Yeah, um, straight in with, with, with sort of my strong contender for toughest game of the weekend to solve uh, up first. So I'm going to side with West Ham in this one. They're 7-4 to four to win this game. And I think just sort of what we've seen from West Ham recently... It's far better than anything else we've seen this season. And West Ham are playing like a team that are sort of comfortably mid-table. Um, you know, you can say sort of they played well against Liverpool. I thought they did all right on, on the, the bits that I saw. I'm obviously not fully focused on that game, watching the uh, City and uh, Arsenal clash. But to me, West Ham, what West Ham have done really well recently is they've gone away from home and played well. Um, they're away from home in this one. They won 4-0 at Bournemouth in the last away game. Before that, they went and won 1-0 at Fulham. And you can sort of say that Fulham maybe aren't 100% where they are at the minute. But West Ham have got this ability at the moment to go away and play well and win games. And both teams are absolutely desperate for points. Palace are in, in what we would call a much better position than West Ham at the moment. But a win for West Ham here takes them above Crystal Palace on goal difference. Um, so, so West Ham, you know, they're edging really close towards safety. We, we will probably talk about Crystal Palace needing one win to be safe. If West Ham win this, they only need one win to be safe. Um, I just think West Ham's playing a lot better at the minute. I think 7-4 to four is a fair price, and I think West Ham's going to win it. Now, Jamie, there have been under 2.5 goals in each of Palace's last three league outings, but they've been over 2.5 goals in six of the last seven meetings between the two in all competitions. So what side of the fence are you sitting on before Saturday? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for over with this one. Um, Palace, they had been strong defensively under Roy Hodgson. However, obviously, that defeat against Wolves, I think, will have dented a bit of confidence. And uh, it also looks like they've lost a wacky Manderson to an injury. So I don't think he's going to be available on the weekend. So that's going to be a bit of a blow for them. Then, of course, you, you look at West Ham at the moment. It's just one defeat in six for them. So they're kind of putting a, a good little run together. I think that's in all competitions as well, just to, just to point that out. Um, and I think that, you know, that they've been doing well at the moment, West Ham. They're, they're starting to pick up a bit of form now. Um, obviously, hit four past Bournemouth. Um, I thought they were quite unlucky not to have scored more against Liverpool as well. Probably unlucky not to have got something from that game. So I think this is going to be quite an entertaining game. Obviously, a London derby as well. Um, and, I, and I think we will see some goals because West Ham at the moment, they're looking like a team who are in form. They know how to score goals at the moment. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals here. OK, then let's stay in the capital as Brentford play host to Nottingham Forest. Greg, us two tipped Forest to win on Wednesday. They did exactly that against Brighton. Can they use that as a platform and bag the away win odds of 9-2? to two? Yeah, a massive, massive win for Nottingham Forest during midweek. So from a betting point of view, no, I don't think that they're, they're any value at all here. Five to one at home to Brighton stood out as being wrong, given what Brighton had gone through over the past few days before that game. And this nine to two away at Brentford looks like it's about the right price, really, for me. And you, you're taking a little bit of a risk on Brentford with nothing to play for, not being in the best form. But that win over Chelsea, I'm hoping, was something that sort of started pointing them in the right direction again. And I just get the feeling that Brentford's. It's not going to be easy for them, but I just think they'll have enough to get over the line here. Um, flip this game the other way around, what I will say, and, and give Forest home advantage. And, and I'm probably talking differently here, but I just think going away to Brentford is going to be tough for Nottingham Forest, even though Brentford have nothing to play for. Um, you know, had Brentford lost to Chelsea as well, that maybe would have been another factor where I start thinking more about Nottingham Forest. But the fact that they did manage to get a win and, and maybe just steady the ship a little bit, um, I, I think Brentford just going to edge this one. 
Okay, and Jamie, let's focus on Ivan Tony once again. I mentioned his alternate goal-scoring pattern at the start of the week in our previous episode. So he didn't score in midweek, which actually sets him up to score on Saturday if his pattern is to continue. So if you're buying into this, are you backing him at 5-4? to four? Yeah, it's obviously been a really kind of strange run of, of these goals. Um, as you said, where he's been scoring in alternate matches. Um, you know, he scored six in 12 now. So just, a, as I said, a really strange run. Um, I probably would back him to score here because I think, you know, yes, obviously Forrest got that win against Brighton. But look, home at not- against Nottingham Forest, you kind of, you would, you'd back him to score in this kind of fixture. This is, it feels like very much an Ardell fixture. I think if you're an FPL manager, you'd certainly be looking to kind of bring Ivan Tony into your team here because this is the one fixture I think a lot of that looks like a really nice one on paper. Obviously, it's 20 goals and counting of him this season. He's having a great season. So I think at home to Nottingham Forest, this this should be kind of nailed on. So uh, yeah, and and then of course you just consider that 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 run of, that run is on at the moment. So um, for sure, I'd be back in Ivan Tony to score here. Yeah, I'm having a piece of that as well. But next, we're off to the south coast as Brighton play host to Wolves. We had a hunch that Brighton would be out of sorts in midweek. So, Craig, do you see Wednesday's defeat at Forest as simply getting the cup defeat out of their system? Or could this be the start of an end-of-season freefall? What's your tale of the tape? I think we're definitely going to see a, a very different Brighton team here. And I think they will get back to winning ways. That game on Wednesday was a really big sort of physical and mental test. You know, physically, they're playing just a few days after playing a full game plus extra time in a, in a big cup final at Wembley, a, a big game for them. Uh, mentally, they, they came up short in that game, lost out on penalties inches away from um, from being in an FA Cup final, which, as we sort of mentioned on Monday, would have meant a hell of a lot more to Brighton than Manchester United, who they played that day. So that midweek game always looked like being in the wrong place, which which was sort of much of the reason why we were back in Nottingham Forest. Um, they should have got over that now. Uh, I think the defeat will have actually kept them on the toes a bit, and that's not the worst thing in the world that they went to Forest and lost. Um, but I just feel that we're going to see a bit of a reset, a team that's moved on, got past things, had a couple of days to, to sort of get over uh, the defeat on, on against Nottingham Forest on Wednesday. And I just think they're going to get back to winning ways here. I think this is a, a game where Brighton can win. I certainly don't see them sort of free-falling and, and dropping off the edge of a cliff between now and the end of the season. I think they'll be absolutely fine. Now, Jamie, looking at Wolves, they've actually won three of their last four league outings. Would you fancy mm. them to earn at least a point in the double chance market? You can currently get that odds of six to four. Yeah, well, look, it's making me a little bit nervous hearing Craig's talk about Brighton win because you guys did tell me that uh, Brighton would lose that game against Nottingham Forest. I did say that Brighton, I thought Brighton would go win that game and I thought we wouldn't kind of see any, you know, hangover from that cup semi-final defeat. Obviously, we did see that, so... Um, yeah, I, I think this one, it's quite interesting. I, ha- I think you have to kind of look at the form book at the moment and the, and the contrast in form between these two sides. And it's quite interesting to see because there has been a little bit of a drop-off recently from Brighton. It's just four wins from the last 10 matches. Home, it, I was really interested to see that they've only they've just about won half of their matches at home this season, which does feel like a bit of a surprise to me because it just felt like they, they have been really good at the MX. But yeah, as I said, only, only one half of them. Um, meanwhile, then you look at Wolves, obviously they're on a bit of a good run at the moment. It's three wins from the last four. So they're kind of heading in the right direction as well. And, and you kind of look at it and, and you think that, you know, one more result and they probably are safe. Um, I don't think I'd be confident in going all out and saying they're going to get a win here. But uh, look, as I said, if you look at the contrast in form between these two sides, 
Wolves on the up at the moment. You could fancy them to go and get something here. Um, but for Brighton as well, obviously fighting for, for these European spots, this is, for me, a must-win game. I said Nottingham Forest was a must-win game as well for them because they've got some really tough games coming up after this. So I think they'll be really focused on getting a win here. It's a home. So that, that obviously can be a bit of a caveat. But uh, as I said, looking at the form, I think Wolves are capable of getting something here. So I probably would say yes to, to the double-chance market here. Yeah, you know what, Jamie? I'm going to side with you this time. I just feel that, as you said, Wolves are in form, Brighton lacking it, and they've kind of got a tough run. I just feel that maybe the steam starts to run out of their season. So I'm going to go with a double chance. I think there's points will be split there. But we're going to go bet building once again. It's a massive one in the race for European places. It's Liverpool playing host to Tottenham, and we are going to look to get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Really, really disappointed you didn't call this the battle to avoid the Conference League. Uh, I thought that's a, a better way to describe this one. Um, anyway, anytime goals score, it's Cody Gakpo for me. He's 13-8. to eight. I think we're going to see goals in this game. I think it's got the ingredients to be quite an entertaining game. Both teams can attack and, and are attacking fairly well at the moment, especially Liverpool. But both are also very suspect in defence. Um, I get the feeling that Liverpool has slightly turned a corner recently. Another win at the weekend, uh, in midweek. And yeah, you, you may say that they, they were slightly fortunate, but, you know, that's Liverpool of old. You know, they, they did have games where they maybe didn't deserve to win, but were still getting points on the board. That's something they've not done this season, but are doing now. Um, I think we're also starting to see the real Cody Gakpo as well. Um, he started the last four games. He's scored in two of those. That includes a goal on Wednesday. Um, he's a player that I like a lot. I think he's a big threat. I think he's starting to find his feet in the Premier League and he's my pick to get on the score sheet. OK, and Jamie, I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, obviously I went big in, in the Manchester City one we did uh, on Monday. Um, I went with over 3.5 goals and I'm going to do the same again here. Um, I think this is going to be a really exciting game. I think, as I said, it's going to be full of goals. Uh, you look at the form as well, both teams, in terms of being involved in, in, in high-scoring matches. Five of Liverpool's last eight games have seen over this number. Uh, for Spurs, five of the last seven have seen over this number. So, obviously, both teams been involved in lots of goals recently. Um, and uh, I think we'll see the same again here. I just think that this is going to be a really interesting matchup. I think for both teams as well, I think those, that Europa League spot may, might be on now. I'm looking at Aston Villa and Brighton's fixtures, and they are really tough as well. So, I think a result here for, for either side would be massive because... Look, I don't. I think the top four for both teams has probably gone. Don't think either t either side, Craig said, are going to want that Conference League spot. I think Europa League would be probably quite good. Well, certainly be uh, happy as a Spurs fan to kind of get that. Uh, for Liverpool, obviously, it wouldn't be an amazing achievement. But as I said, they just they won't want they won't want to not have Europe and they won't want to be in the Conference League. So this is a really big game here for both teams. Um, so yeah, as I said, I'm, I think it's going to be a really exciting one. And I'm going to go for big on the goals with over 3.5. OK, then I'm going to go for the Liverpool win. Now, I know Tottenham showed some fight in the second half on Thursday, but they have a dreadful record against the Anfield outfit, and especially on Merseyside. You have to go back to 2011 for the last time Spurs won there. And when you consider the flux that they are in, I can't see them turning things around at the weekend. Also, Tottenham have failed to win any of their last 11 outings against Liverpool in all competitions. And therefore, I'm going to wrap this bet builder up with a home win in the race for a Europa League invite. OK, then, just to recap, our three picks. Craig's gone for Cody Gakpo to score any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 goals. I've gone for the Liverpool win. Odds of 4-1. to one. It's not the big one, but it's a winnable one all the same. £10 on the betting slip, £50 in your back pocket. 
That's going to come good for the coronation. So I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. So Craig, Liverpool may have rode their luck on Wednesday night at West Ham, but it's now 11 points for the last 15 on offer. Could they do the unthinkable and make the latest dash for the top four? Yeah, I mean, you say sort of rode their luck and you're right to a certain extent, Dan. But what I would say against that is the fact that Liverpool this season have not been winning the games where they've not really been at the best. Where if you look at Liverpool last season, they did play games where they weren't very good, but still managed to somehow get three points from it. And, you know, that's that's what's been missing. In many ways, the, the winning games they shouldn't and the winning dirty is what's been missing from Liverpool this season. So maybe they finally got it back. And I think they've been better in recent games. It looks like something's sort of clicked. I still don't think they're great defensively, but Liverpool are creating and scoring more freely now. And, and I do think that's going to lead to an, an entertaining game for us here. I think if I think Liverpool take it, um, how they take it depends on which Spurs side we see. If Spurs play like they did in the first half against Manchester United, I think Liverpool win this fairly comfortably. If they play like they did in the second half, then I think we've, we've all a chance of getting a five, six, seven goal thriller along the way. Um, I, I do think Liverpool have got the edge. I just think how Spurs play determines whether it's a comfortable Liverpool win or whether it's an absolutely fantastic game, plenty of goals in it, um, but still Liverpool coming out on top. Now, Jamie, Tottenham have an interim interim manager at the helm, that being Ryan Mason. When you look at last Sunday and how it panned out, was that the only decision that the board could make? Yeah, I mean, look, it was a, felt like a strange decision that he wasn't brought in straight away, obviously, to keep in Christian Stellini, who obviously is, is uh, Antonio Conte's assistant, plays pretty much the same style of football, it felt like. Pretty bizarre uh, decision to keep him on. Obviously, it probably was to kind of a very cheap option, not having to get rid of all Conte's staff. Conte only had kind of a couple of months left on his contract. So it wasn't like a huge amount of money to kind of sack him at then. So felt like it was probably just because it was a cheap option. But Ryan Mason, I, I really like him. Um, I think he did a pretty good job after Jose Mourinho. As he came in interim there, he won four of his six matches started to play a bit more progressive football, which is exactly what Spurs fans want to see. So I, I do really like him. And I think, he, you know, he, obviously in that second half as well, Spurs showed a lot of fight. And I just think you consider um, the situation that Spurs were in of this terrible run of form. Uh, you obviously look at that big defeat on the weekend. Confidence would have been absolutely shattered. You know, the atmosphere was always going to be very toxic at the Spurs stadium. But, you know, the players produced a really positive performance and uh, especially in that second half. So, you know, big credit to Ryan Mason there. I I personally, and I, I got told that I was a complete idiot for saying this, if Spurs weren't able to get one of their top targets, a Julian Nagelsmann, for, for example, I, I really wouldn't be against Ryan Mason coming in. I think that, as I said, you know, he's, he obviously did well in, in those games before, uh, just after Jose Mourinho, another positive performance last night. And so, you know, if he does well in these next couple of matches, I'll definitely be looking at him. And, uh, you know, and then you look at the rest of the names on that list, you know, Vincent Company, Arne Schlott, you know, these are guys that don't exactly have a, a great deal of experience. So, you know, obviously people talking that Ryan Mason doesn't have that experience, but the other candidates don't don't have a great deal of experience if you're looking after the, uh, after the, the Julian Nagelsmann's. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see kind of how he does get on in the, these last couple of matches. But uh, for me, I think the next Spurs manager... Probably will be Julian Nagelsmann. It sounds like things are going quite positively at the moment with him. So uh, I do think he'll get it. But uh, I think Ryan Mason, another one to keep an eye on in terms of maybe the betting as well. He's he's really long odds as well. He's 16 to 1, which I think is pretty good at the moment. His Spurs can't get Nagelsmann. But uh, as I said, 
I think Nagelsmann will come in, but uh, Ryan Mason is, is one I'd like Spurs to consider if we can't get him. Well, watch this space in terms of the manager market, but let's watch this space in terms of the half-time, full-time market for Sunday. So, Craig, what's the ebb and flow of this match going to be? Yeah, before we go on that, it wouldn't surprise me if Daniel Levy listened to this podcast. He does seem like an odds-on podcast kind of guy. He does, he does, doesn't he? Um, yeah, uh, Jamie just mentioned Vincent Company as Tottenham manager. That would be the wrong way to go, Daniel. Please don't touch Vincent Company as Tottenham manager. Uh, go elsewhere, because that has a knock-on effect that would affect me greatly, and I don't want it to affect me. Um, but anyway, let's move on to uh, half-time, full-time. And, and I'm going to be very, very boring, I'm afraid, with this pit, Dan. Um, I'm struggling to sort of find a way into it. Um, Liverpool, half-time, Liverpool, full-time at 13-10 to 10 is my pick. And, and it's not great odds, and it's the, very much the boring option. Um, the issue I've got is I really fancy goals in this game. And I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was a quick start to it. So given that I don't feel it's going to be tight in the first half, I, it doesn't really lead towards draw at half-time, and then Liverpool at full-time. Um, we have sort of saw yesterday, and you remember a few months back, we go to talking about Tottenham being completely different teams in the first half and the second half, yep. really struggling, putting themselves in bad positions, and then coming out and doing well in the second half. And we, that pretty much what we saw yesterday, really, on, on Thursday night. So Tottenham, half-time, Liverpool, full-time doesn't appeal either. Um, so I'm left with a boring option, I'm afraid. Sorry, it's uh, Liverpool, half-time, Liverpool, full-time. But Jamie, if I was to ask you for a yellow card bet from either team, mm. doesn't matter who, what player tops your list before Sunday? Yeah, I mean, look, when, when it comes to Spurs and yellow cards, it is often Cristiano Romero's name who is mentioned. Um, I'm going to look uh, elsewhere um, and I'm going to go for Oliver Skip. Um, he's just over two to one to, to get a book in here. Um, you know, he's been booked in six of his last 13 matches, obviously, since he's come into the team. Um, obviously, playing in a, in a double pivot with, with Hoybier, he's going to be coming up against a midfield three for Liverpool. So I think he's going to have a, a maybe a tricky, tricky afternoon at Anfield. Um, and I think that that might see him potentially pick up another yellow card. As I said, he's six in his last 13. So uh, I think he'll get another one here and you can get that at just over two to one. OK, then it's time for our long shot. Okay, we go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between two to one and five to one. So, Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for Aston Villa to pick up another result here. Um, obviously, they, they go away to Manchester United, so it is a tough game. But as we saw uh, in the Spurs match, obviously, Man United dropping points there, dropping a two-goal lead as well. So that was really poor from them. I think they're, they're, I think it was Eric Ten Hag, he was kind of bemoaning their, their run of games. And it has been really difficult for them, obviously, playing in the Europa League, FA Cup and all the competitions. So it has been a kind of a difficult run for them. And maybe we are starting to see a bit of fatigue. Um, played on Thursday, they're going to play again on the weekend as well. So I think that they can drop points here. And they play at Aston Villa side, who are playing really well at the moment. So um, obviously Villa, I think they, like over the last 10 matches or so, they are the most informed side in the Premier League. You know, Emery doing an amazing job there. I don't think they'll have enough to kind of go and get the win, but I think they're good enough to go and get a draw. And uh, you can back that at 14-5. to five. OK, and Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, it's the Premier League for me, and I'm going with a Bournemouth win and both teams to score when they take on Leeds, which is 15-4. to um, So, separate into two parts, really. I really like a Bournemouth win here. They're, they're in the sort of grey area at the moment where they're, they're clear of the relegation zone, but they aren't safe. They, they've got, still got everything to play for. But I do think that one more win, probably going to be enough for Bournemouth, and they'll see that and they'll target this game as being the perfect one to get that in. I think they go all out and try and do it here, try and get themselves as good as safe as you can be. Um, and I think, you know, Leeds are in trouble and, and they're there for the taking. 
Um, the both teams to score element just simply comes from Leeds, really. Uh, they've not been playing very well in the last few games. They've won just one of the last six, but they've scored in all of those six games. Um, you know, they're taking four points from games, but are scoring. I think they're going to get on the score sheet. Um, you know, we saw West Ham put four past Bournemouth not too long ago. You know, they're slightly vulnerable at the back. But I do think Bournemouth have got the ability to score more than Leeds here. So, yeah, I think Bournemouth are going to win the game, but wouldn't be surprised at all if Leeds score. So it's a Bournemouth win, both teams to score at 15-4. to four. I'm off to Hamden Park and the first of two Scottish Cup semi-finals. It's Falkirk versus Inverness Caledonian Thistle. And with there being a number of upsets for these two teams to reach the last four, I reckon there's going to be one more relative shock at the weekend. One that comes in back in the League One Falkirk side to beat the Championship Inverness because with the game being played at Hamden... I have a feeling this is actually going to suit the former style more than the latter, and therefore I'm backing John McGlynn's men to win in 90 minutes at odds of 13 to 5. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now, and first up, we're off to the Vitality Stadium as Bournemouth play host to Leeds. Now, the Cherries won that all important South Coast derby on Thursday. Craig, do you make them safe for the season? As good as, um, as I said, I, th- I think they're in a, a bit of a grey area at the minute where they've still got something to play for, but their fans aren't too worried. Um, I think one more win, which as I've sort of just give, given out as a long shot, I do think they'll win at the weekend. One more win and, and I think they're safe. Um, the one thing that I would say about Bournemouth is, you know, they do, although they've not played very well on, on the odd occasion, like such as when they got thumped by West Ham, they do now look like a team that are capable of winning games. And I don't think you can say that about Leeds at the moment. Um, I don't think you can also say that about Everton. So, you know, I worry where Leeds and Everton are next going to get their wins. So, cue both of them winning at the weekend, by the way. Um, but but I just worry where they're going to get their next few couple of wins from. Whereas I do think Bournemouth have shown enough, although they've probably not been consistent, they've shown enough over the last few games to make me think they can win this. Um, yeah, one more win and I think they're safe. And, and as I said, I, I do think they'll get that win at the weekend. Now, Jamie, as Craig has just said, he's gone for a home win and both teams to score. If I was to ask you the same question, are you agreeing with that or do you have a different viewpoint? Yeah, I, I'm going to go for exactly the same here. Uh, you can get that to 15-4 to four for Bournemouth to win and both teams to score here. Um, I think it's going to be a case of both teams will be desperate to kind of get the three points here. Um, Bournemouth, obviously, they've been excellent recently. They've moved seven points clear of the bottom three. Um, Craig mentioned, I think another result for them, another win would almost guarantee safety. For Leeds as well, I think they will be desperate to get that three points as well. They obviously come up against a, a relegation candidate. It's been a long time since they have kind of got that win as well. Um, and they have just one point clear of the bottom three. So they do need to get a win on the board somewhere and, and maybe against a relegation rival. This is where they're going to do it. So I think both teams will be pushing to get that win. Um, and I think that that will lead for, for both teams being able to score. Leeds, they've scored in each of their last eight matches as well. So they're on a, a good run of scoring. But uh, ultimately, I think Bournemouth at home here would should be good for the win. And uh, as I said, both teams to score as well, uh, which you can get at 15-4. to four. Now, Sunday also sees Fulham play host to a rampant Manchester City. Can the Cottagers throw a spanner in the works of Pep's men? The visitors are only 2-7 to seven for the away win, which will take them top of the table for at least 48 hours. So, Craig, what's the best bet you can find our listeners? Yeah, sadly, I can't really forecast anything out of the ordinary here at, at a big price. I'm not going to go down the route of Fulham or, or a draw. Um, I do think this is going to be a routine win for Manchester City. Um, sort of like you say, that the psychological boost of them being top of the league, um, even if it's only for a couple of days, I just think it's another big sort of 
psychological advantage they've got over, over Arsenal in this title race. Um, in terms of bets, it, it sort of is tough, you know, to pin too much on Manchester City at the moment because they're so short to win games. Um, but one thing they have done is, you know, they, they have been conceding. Um, they've conceded in the last four Premier League games. They've won every one of those games very comfortably, but have conceded a goal. Um, I'm going to go with a City win and both teams to score here, which is two to one. Fulham, as we've sort of alluded to for the past few weeks, we think they're on the beach. Um, you know, the odd time they, they may appear not to be quite on the beach, but they're certainly packed and, and on the way there in the car, if, if nothing else. Um, but that also means they've got nothing to lose. I don't see why they would defend and sit back here. I think they're going to try and score against City. Um, but I do think City will eventually take this. So, yeah, it's City win and both teams to score for me at 2-1. to one. OK, Jamie, let's lean into that then because you can also get 11-8 to eight for over 3.5 total goals. So, Fulham playing with that freedom slash on the beach, City on the march. Is this a bet that makes plenty of sense to you? Yeah, I, I think so. I do like the look of goals here. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that Craig mentioned there that City have been conceding the, the one the goal often. I did mention that in our bet builder as well for the Arsenal game, and that's why I kind of went big with over 3.5 goals. And uh, yeah, I think City will do the same again here. We'll be involved in a game uh, with over 3.5 goals. So I do like the look of that. Um, obviously, finding some real rhythm in front of goal. 15 times they've scored in the in the last four matches. So a really good run there. Um, over half their matches this season have seen over 3.5 goals. So, yeah, I think kind of everything does point towards that. Fulham as well, um, they've been good at home in terms of scoring goals. They've scored 23 times in 16 matches. So against the City defence, who have maybe uh, leaked the old goal, um, I do like the look of uh, kind of lots of goals here. So uh, over 3.5 goals, definitely the pick for me. OK, let's go to the red half of Manchester as United play host to Aston Villa. Unai Emery's men have picked up 19 points for the last 21 on offer. So, Craig, would you be as bold as to back the away win at 7-2? to two? Could there be a further spanner in the race for the top four? Not quite, no, but I'm definitely on the same page as Jamie with this one. Um, slightly lower price, 14-5, to five, but it is almost 3-1 to one, um, for the draw, which is what I like here. I'm going to sit on the fence. Um, when Manchester United played Tottenham, I just, on Thursday, to me, they should have really put that game to bed in the first half. I, I just thought lack of sort of clinical edge maybe you know the the Fernand, I know it was in the second half but the the Fernandez chance that was missed um and then sort of towards the end of the game I felt that Manchester United looked really leggy and and they were there to be got at and I, I don't know I, I just I think Jamie sort of alluded to a good point their schedule's been terrible and maybe we are seeing a bit of fatigue there obviously the missing players as well so there's not as much rotation available in the squad at the minute um, I thought United were, were good in the first half, but then in the second half had their weaknesses exposed. Um, I like what Aston Villa have done. Will Aston Villa be brave enough to go to Old Trafford and go for it is, is a question that I've asked myself, and I'm not 100% sure they will. So that's sort of leaning me down towards the draw. I think it'll be tight. I think Villa have got a great chance, but I just wonder if they'll actually go there and, and really go for it. Um, so it's the draw for me, same as Jamie, 14-5. to five. And Jamie, there have been under 2.5 goals in each of United's last five league outings, that being before Thursday. So five out of the last six, shall we say. Now you can get this at odds of six to four on Sunday. Are you tempted by this or do you reckon it's priced more than evens for good reason? 
Yeah, look, I'm going to go for under here, under 2.5 goals here. I think this is going to be a low-scoring draw. Um, probably, I think there's obviously there are goal scorers on on show here for both teams. Obviously, Ollie Watkins. Um, yes, he has banked in his last two, but he's been on that fantastic for, uh, run of form. Then, of course, you look at Man United. They've got the likes of Rashford and other really exciting attacking players. But uh, I think this one will be low-scoring just because Villa at the moment defensively have been so solid. Uh, I mentioned in, 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 on the last show was the Villa win to nil. They've been on this fantastic uh, run where they, you know, it's now seven of the last ten matches have involved wins to nil. So defensively under Unai Emery, been really impressive. Um, from a Man United perspective as well, defensively, I was surprised to kind of see them give away those two goals. I thought overall they defended pretty well. Luke Shaw and Lindelof looked like a solid um, centre back partnership. Maybe at times Lindelof kind of got caught out a little bit, but I was really, really impressed by by Luke Shaw as a centre-back. So, yeah, I think this will be a one where low-scoring draw, um, and I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. And if you actually combine the two, you can get to, uh, four to one. So I do like the look of that. Yeah, exactly. When you combine it with an extra option, even more juice. So great angle there, Jamie. Also on Sunday, Newcastle versus Southampton. Craig, if you had to pick an anytime goal scorer from this encounter, what would you be opting for? Yeah, I think he's a... Pretty simple uh, game to look at this. Whoever starts between Callum Wilson and Alexander Isaac, really. Um, both are playing well. Both are scoring goals at the moment. Both look threatening with the ball. Wilson scored twice on Thursday. Uh, he scored for a bet builder we did a couple of weeks ago. I remember picking him and it, it coming in. Um, so, assuming that he's going to start, which I think he would do, given he played really well on Thursday night, um, I'm going to stick with Wilson to get uh, to get the job done. He's only evens, which is uh, not, not the greatest odds in the world. But I think Newcastle win this with absolute ease. Uh, I think they score a lot here. And when you come back to me in about 30 seconds, you'll see just how many I think Newcastle will score. Oh, he's warming the listeners up. I like it. But Jamie, if you're looking at this encounter and you had your last £5 in your betting account, where would you be going in terms of a best bet? Yeah, I'm probably going to go along the same lines as Craig here. I do think this will be a big Newcastle win. Um, however, I'm going to go maybe a slightly different direction to that. I think it'll be a Newcastle win. But I think both teams will score and you can get that at nine to four. Um, Newcastle, they've had a bit of a tendency to give away goals. I mentioned with Man City, it's been the same kind of similar pattern for Newcastle. They've conceded in seven of their last eight matches. Um, so they have been giving away goals. Look at Southampton. Yes, of course, they did blank at home to Bournemouth, which is obviously a strange one. But, you know, look at some of their previous fixtures as well. They scored those three against Arsenal. They scored against City. Scored three past Spurs, which maybe not the maybe maybe not the greatest achievement. Obviously, the way Spurs are defending at the moment, but look, they've, they've got goals in them this team. Um, so I think they'll be good for getting at least one. So uh, yeah, I think Newcastle will kind of blow them away here, but I think Southampton can get on the score sheet. So nine to four for that one. Um, if you don't kind of fancy um, Southampton to go and score here, you get a Newcastle win and over three point five goals at two to one. So uh, as I said, yeah, if you don't don't think Southampton can score. But uh, it does look very much like Newcastle are going to go big and, and win this one. So, uh, yeah, 2-1 to one for that one for a Newcastle win and over 3.5 goals. So those are two picks I really like. Top tips there. Before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So, Craig, let's not wait any more. What have you got for me? Yeah, so slightly disheartened the fact that Jamie just said that Southampton will score. I don't think they will. Uh, my correct score pick, after landing the 22-1, to one, on Monday, I felt an obligation to go even bigger. It's pointless coming in with a six to one pick after that. So I've got Newcastle to beat Southampton five nil, oh. which is twenty eight to one. Um, I think it's massive price. This, I think Newcastle's going to absolutely walk all over Southampton. Um, keeping Southampton to nil is is what's increased the odds on this one. 
I just get the feeling that, in my opinion, Southampton will will head into this game thinking that they're definitely down now. They had a, a golden opportunity to take a massive, massive step forward by beating Arsenal, and they threw it away, away in the last five minutes. They then played at home. They played against a rival, a relegation rival, and they offered nothing, and they were beaten. Uh, they, they lost against Bournemouth. I just think those two games have, have done it for, for Southampton. They looked likely to go down, but to me now, I just can't see them thinking they're going to stay up. I think this is a team that are beaten, a team that are wounded, and a team that are there for the taking. And I think Newcastle is going to absolutely thump them. So, yeah, 5 0, 28 to 1 for me. Bad news for the Saints. Jamie, have you got some good news elsewhere? Yeah, well, look, I'm not, I'm not going quite as emphatic as Craig there. I'm going to go for just a 1 0 win uh, for Barcelona. They face Real Betis at home. Uh, you get that at 13 to 2. Um, Barcelona look to kind of be limping over the line a little bit in the race for the title. Um, obviously, they did lose 2 1 on Wednesday to Real Vallecano, which was a bit of a shock. But Real Madrid also lost, so they do keep that 11-point gap. Um, they're at home here. They do face a, a Real Betis side who have been pretty good this season. They're in sixth at the moment, but uh, Barcelona's home record in La Liga has been really impressive. They won 12 of 15, and they conceded just twice, which I thought was a really quite interesting stat to see how impressive they have been at home. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be another win here, and I think they'll do it 1-0 against Real Betis at 13-2. Lovely stuff. And, of course, check out freebets.com. Lovely stuff, Jamie. And, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's mop up some more Sunday headlines now as it's the Scottish Cup semi-final between Rangers and Celtic. Again, it takes place at Hamden. Craig, can the blue half of Glasgow land a jab on Celtic? They've kind of sparred with him this season, not got that knockout blow. Can they earn cup revenge in 90 minutes out of 9-4? No, Dan, I don't think they can. Um, I just don't see how Rangers can overcome Celtic this season. If you want a positive for Rangers, it's a different competition. It's a one-off game. It's a neutral ground. They're all in their favour. So, of course, they've got a chance to do it. But from me, I, I just think that the gap feels too big between the two teams at the moment. And I think that's mainly on the field. But I also think it's in the dugout too. Um, Ange, you know the Celtic manager's name, second name, I can't say. Um, he, he's sort of really, really impressing me. I think he could well find his way in the Premier League at some point soon. Um, he's just Celtic for me all the way in this. They've the momentum. Um, they've got everything in their favour. They've been there and done it over Rangers numerous occasions already this season. And yeah, it's, it's a change of scenery. It's, it's a one-off game. Anything can happen. But I just think Celtic are too good to be honest. Um, they're they're twenty-three to twenty to win this in ninety minutes. So better than evens, which which is slightly surprising for me. Um, and I think they'll take all the beating. Okay, then Jamie, if Celtic are too good, could you see them at least being pushed close? Maybe I don't know extra times needed, maybe even penalties. So, with that in mind, would you take the hoops to qualify odds of four to six? Would that look good on any Sunday acker? Yeah, look, I think this is, at the moment, it does feel like a little bit of a mismatch between Celtic and Rangers. Definitely, kind of, the dominance is with Celtic at the moment, or certainly this season. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very confident with this one in certain, putting them through just to qualify as well. Even in 90 minutes, I'd look to back them as well. Um, so, yeah, they have been the dominant side. Um, obviously, Postacoglu's side, um, been very impressive this year. We're having to learn his name because he might be the next Spurs manager as well. He's obviously a guy who has been um, kind of touted for that and just shows how well his side have been doing this year. Obviously playing some really nice free-flowing football, scoring lots of goals. I'm pretty sure they've scored over 100 goals in the league. Yep. Um, could be wrong, but yeah, I, I think that, that they've been doing very well offensively. So aside, I, I, I do like the look of, obviously we saw in the, the last meeting between these two sides, it was a 3-2 win for Celtic. 
Um, I thought they were pretty dominant. I think in the end, Rangers, kind of that scoreline did flatter them a little bit in terms of getting those two goals. Um, so, yeah, I said dominance very much with Celtic. And uh, I think I think we will see a straightforward Celtic win here. Also, Rangers, they did slip up on the weekend. They lost to Aberdeen. So they come into this one not in the best of form. So, yeah, I think you're right. Everything kind of points towards Celtic winning here and, and certainly qualifying. Yeah, I know there's a kind of Scottish football tax when you look at Celtic stats, but to score one three goals on average in a league is still commendable at any level. So, you know, even if Ange is not going to be the next top manager, as Craig says, I think he's going to work his way down to the Premier League eventually because he's too good a manager not to be. But anyway, that's for another time because there's another game on Sunday which might go on your betting slip. That's Cardiff versus Huddersfield. So, Craig, certainly a six-pointer, but could it be a case where they cancel each other out because of nerves? Are you taking the draw at 23-10 to 10 or do you see a winner in South Wales? No, I think there'll be a winner. I think it'll be the home team. Um, absolutely massive win for Cardiff last night against Rotherham. Um, one they deserve, too, after the, the fiasco of the first game. Uh, for, for those who don't know, Cardiff went to Rotherham maybe two months ago, six weeks ago, something like that, to play this game. We're winning at half-time. Um, prior to the game, the pitch had been heavily watered. And then towards the end of the first half and during half-time, uh, the, the heavens opened. Um, I remember it well because I'm like 15, 20 minutes away from Rotherham. Monsoon-style rain. Um, my garden had started to get puddles of, of flooding in it. Uh, the pitch flooded and the game had to be called off. Um, so it's, it's a massive sort of trek back up to South Yorkshire for, for the Cardiff lot. Um, but they went away with three points. Um, they'll not be complaining about that trip when they got the job done. That makes them pretty much safe for me. But, but I do think that they'll want to win this just just to make doubly sure. Um, because the team they're playing, Huddersfield, are below them. And, and one of the teams sort of chasing them as well. Um, I've got massive respect for Huddersfield. Neil Warnock's sort of ways of grinding something for nothing makes him the perfect candidate for any team trying to survive in a league. Uh, I do think he'll keep Huddersfield up, but I think Cardiff will win this game. Uh, I think they'll use the momentum from Thursday, a really massive win for them. And I think they'll carry it on, win this, and that will uh, confirm safety in the championship for them again this season. Yeah, I like the look of the home win and both teams to score. I think that's 3-1. to one. So, Jamie, by the same token, if I was to ask for a result and over-under 2.5 goals combo, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to back Cardiff here. I think they've been on a, a pretty good run. They're undefeated in three. Uh, they won away at Rotherham on Thursday, as we mentioned. So, yeah, I think another win for them. And they're another team who look like it could be virtually safe as well. Um, I think all the pressure here kind of is on Huddersfield. Um, you know, they are struggling at the moment and, and just kind of a few points off that drop zone as well. Um, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals uh, for my other pick as well. So, you know, you combine a Cardiff win and, and under 2.5 goals, you get 7-2. to two. I think it'd be a case of where both sides probably won't want to lose this game. Um, so I think that that will kind of show um, a game where it's um, pretty defensive and uh, I think we're going to see very few goals. But uh, yeah, I think Cardiff will come out on top here. And as I say, Cardiff win under 2.5 goals. 7-2. OK, let's start next week with some more Premier League chat. It's an elongated Premier League schedule. So let's go to Monday. It's another six-pointer. It's Leicester versus Everton. So the Foxes are in the bottom three, as are the Toffees. Craig, can a home win at evens claw the Foxes out of it? Yeah, definitely. Leicester for me in this one. Um, we've, we've spoke for weeks on this podcast about Everton, their ability to grind under Sean Dyche. Um, but I can't remember the last time I saw an Everton game and felt they were going to win it, or, or they looked like a team that were capable of winning games. Um, Leicester, sort of in, in comparison, they, they deserved to win Dean Smith's first game when they played last weekend, um, and then followed that up by playing fairly well against Leeds and getting a draw away, a relegation rival, which 
although draws don't really help this time of season, it's still a good point and it's still stopped Leeds from getting three points. Um, obviously, this is an absolutely massive three points on offer. I just think that Leicester, they, they could be about to get rewarded for, for making an appointment that's potentially, the, you know, the difference for them between staying up and going down. It's not something I would have said when it was made. And I didn't think that Dean Smith would come in and be a difference maker. Um, but if if Leicester win this and they've played Wolves, Leeds and Everton, sort of two teams down there with them and one just above them, and they come away with seven points, you would have to say that, that bringing Dean Smith in 100% worked um, and, and, you know, put them right in with a chance of staying up. Now, Jamie, if we're looking at this game from an anytime goal scorer point of view, what player takes your fancy at the King Power? Yeah, I mean, quite a tricky one, this, because I don't think either side have many particular emphatic goal scorers at the moment. Um, but I'm going to go for Jamie Vardy, and I'm going to obviously that would make it back to back games in which he scored. Um, he's 7 to 4 to score any time here. Um, obviously, he did get on the score sheet against Leeds. I thought he looked pretty dangerous when he came on, um, and I think he'll come on and start this one. Um, obviously, was on the bench uh, at Leeds, started the previous one, so I think he'll come back into the team after a goal. And uh, I think he's capable of scoring again at 7-4. Uh, to Now, finally, we're off to the Emirates as Arsenal play host to Chelsea on Tuesday. Craig, it's only 4-6 to six for the home win. Would you still take that considering how bad the Blues have been under the interim tenor of Frank Lampard? Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. It's, it's an Arsenal pick for me with, with a fair bit of confidence as well. The, the reason being, I just think that the, sort of, the switch has been flicked. Um, they've gone from being under unbelievable amount of pressure for the past few weeks which has told on them um to having none at all you know we, we've spoke on this podcast already today um as will many other people be speaking before this game and say that it's over for arsenal um you know we're, we're the top of the league and everyone's writing them off um if you look at the southampton game last week that that's the one that sort of really told for me arsenal only played well when the pressure was off because they thought that they'd lost the game um, the players felt it if you remember watching that game on TV, when Arsenal were 3-1 down, sort of five minutes left, six minutes left, whatever it was, the stand opposite the camera on TV was rapidly emptying. All of a sudden, Arsenal score, and that stands back full again. Um, everyone had thought they'd got beat. The, the mood in, in the ground was dreadful. And then they started to play because they'd got no weight on the back. Um, yeah, Chelsea, I, I don't even know where to start with Chelsea. Um, I, I would like Arsenal to beat most teams, I think, here, but against Chelsea. Chelsea are there for the taking. That They made an appointment that showed that they weren't really interested in how the season ended and all they wanted to do was get to the end of the season so they could have a, a fresh start in the summer. And, and the players have seemingly took that signal on board, multiplied it by 10 and, and have just not been interested themselves at all. Uh, Chelsea are dreadful. I think Arsenal are quite good value actually at 4-6. to six. With that said, Jamie, surely this Chelsea team cannot lose another Premier League game under Lampard. It's 15-4 to for the away win on Tuesday. Is this worth a shout at all, or are you not touching the Blues whatsoever? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so tricky to kind of have any, any chance of looking to back them here. Um, I think maybe it's a London derby. There's, there is the potential, you know, the possibility for an upset there. Um, but then you, And then, of course, you look at the way that Arsenal have been over the last four matches... But uh, yeah, look, I, I think it's very, very tricky to see anything happening here. I think you'd have to be very bold to kind of back Chelsea getting a thing here. They've collected just nine points from their last 11 matches. 
you know, form-wise, they are one of the worst teams in the Premier League at the moment. They've, of course, been on this shocking run under Frank Lampard, where they've lost five, all of their five matches under him. So, uh, yes, I will, I will be staying clear of Chelsea. And uh, I do think Arsenal will return to winning ways. OK, so if Chelsea lose at the Emirates, they're going to be not in a relegation battle, but they're not going to be safe from it at all. Now, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Usually, by this stage of the season, there's a real basket case in the Premier League and they kind of have no points and all the points get shared sort of elsewhere and you're kind of safe by, I don't know, 35, 36 points. This time, it seems like the spread of points is much more open and I don't know if 39 points is going to be safe right now. So, Craig, if they lose on Tuesday, would you be willing to spend a pound just to back Chelsea to get relegated? Jamie, uh, Dan's gone mad, hasn't he? Um, I, I can't believe Dan's <laughs> just asked me if Chelsea are going to get relegated. <laughs> um, no, no, is the, no is the answer, Dan. Damn it. No, is that uh, Chelsea are dreadful? Um, but surely to God, if if they were to, for example, lose another three games and find themselves edging closer and closer towards the relegation zone, surely something would be done at that club to, to make sure they got a point from somewhere. I don't know what they'd do. I'm assuming they would have to get rid of Lampard and, and bring someone in for for like two games or whatever. Um, no, I, I can't see that happening. Uh, I, the men, sort of, Chelsea have, have given up. In my opinion, Frank Lampard being appointed was a signal that Chelsea had given up. The players have took that on board and have also given up. But if things get worse, surely to God, someone turns it around and, and gets them some points from somewhere. The problem, the problem they have though is they've got Todd Bowley making the decisions, and that that's where I would obviously not have much confidence in who they'd pick next. Surely. Well, I say, watch this space. Who knows? But if you are sort of thinking along the same lines as me, yes, they're mad, but, you know, a pound's a pound if it's, what, 500 to one. Who knows? Anyway. It's, it's also... But then you, I think as well, just just to say, you look at their fixtures. I, I just, where are they actually getting points from? Well, this because is it. This is it. They've got to go away to Arsenal. Bournemouth as well. I mean, obviously, you'd think a Chelsea should be beating Bournemouth, but the way they're playing at the moment. Nottingham Forest at home. OK, maybe that's where they do get points. Then it's Man City, uh, Man City away, Man United away, and then Newcastle. So, I, I think it's very difficult to say that Chelsea are going to go down. And obviously, you look at the points tally they've got at the moment. But where are they getting points from? And then, you know, if they do bring in someone, who are they actually going to bring in? Who's going to be able to kind of stop that rot? So, I don't know. It's, it's um, I, I do think it is a crazy bet, but maybe one worth keeping an arm because I just think they are in such a run at the moment where they. Just no confidence at all. You look at the lineup they fielded, it was so poor. You had, I think, Kante and, and uh, Gallagher as two of the attackers. So it's like, where, where are the goals coming from? So I think it is it's so difficult to see it happening. But uh, yeah, I, I just question where they're going to pick points up from. Well, I've put it in the atmosphere now. I'm believing. So anyway, let's move on. It's time for the final bit of business. It's our odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each. We combine it into an acker. We try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'll bring us back down to earth with something sensible, I think. Um, so, yeah, my, my pick for the odds on is Sunderland to beat Watford in the Championship. Um, Sunderland come here with absolutely everything to play for. A wild playoff charge at the minute in the Championship. There are two spots up for grabs um, and there are eight teams within four points of each other battling it out for those playoff spots. Um, as we go into it, Sunderland do hold on to a playoff spot at the moment. They're in sixth, but they've got it by goal difference only. There's a whole host of teams behind them, including two on the same points who are chasing them down. It's going to be a great finish. Um, 
for me, Sunderland, they come here on the back of three wins from the last four. Um, compare that to Watford, who have got nothing to play for. They're in mid-table. They've lost four of the last six. We all know the problems around Watford and managers. That you know, Chris Wilder's clearly not the answer for next season. Um, so he's probably just winding down his days to to the end of the season. Um, it's a typical sort of end of season clash for me. There's something with someone with everything to play for, someone with nothing to play for. Uh, the home side absolutely desperate for the points to try and get in the playoffs. So I think Sunderland's going to win this one. They're four to five to beat Watford. Okay, and Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for Bayern Munich to get back to winning ways. And I think they'll do it to nil. Uh, they face Hertha Berlin. Um, Hertha, they are bottom of the table. Uh, they've lost uh, five of their last seven matches in the league. So they're on a really poor run. Obviously, Bayern as well. They do need to kind of find some sort of form after a pretty poor run under Thomas Tuchel. It's not, you know, been a complete disastrous appointment at the moment or decision to get rid of Nagelsmann and, and get in Tuchel. Um, but they are, they're at home to Hertha Berlin, who are bottom of the league, as I said. Um, and I think they will win to nil when you can get that at five to six. OK, then I'm off to the King Power Stadium as Leicester play host to Everton. I'm going to take Craig's homework from earlier, put it into chat GPT and just change it a little bit. So... A relegation six-pointer in its truest form. Unfortunately for the Toffees, I can only see their current situation becoming even more stickier because they were demolished at home to Newcastle on Thursday. In addition to this, they failed to win any of their last 12 in the league on the road. Add Leicester's encouraging run of four points for the last six on offer. And although this could be a rather cagey affair, I think evens for the home win is far too good to overlook. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets websites. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Really sort of looking forward to focusing on the, the bottom end of the Premiership this weekend and seeing what sort of twists and turns unfold. I think there's plenty more to come. Uh, maybe not quite Chelsea getting involved, but, but I do think there's a lot more to come down there. Uh, and, and personally, on, on Saturday, tomorrow, I'll be... Off to MK Dons away for fancy dress day as the last uh, the last game of the season. What are you going as, Craig? The the bus theme is Cops and Robbers. Oh, be- um, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamie, no fancy dress for you, I don't think, but thanks for your time and showing your betting insights with me. Yeah, no, all good, thanks, Dan. And I've kind of fallen into the trap now of looking forward to a Spurs <laughs> game, which is, I know it's, it's just going to end in disaster. But look, really promising from Ryan, Ryan Mason, a guy I totally can get behind. Promising second half from Spurs. So, yeah, cue a, cue a big Liverpool win now. But, uh, yeah, look, looking forward to another weekend of football. Top man. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>